I want to ask you a question this morning. It's a simple question, but an important question. That is, why are you here? Or why are you watching online? <laughs> it's a simple question. I want you to consider this, okay? It's, it's important to, to think about why you're taking the time to participate in this worship service. Uh, as you know, fall is coming, and it's coming like a freight train. It's a busy time of year for us. I, to be honest with you, I think it's just about the busiest time of year for me. Uh, we think about Labor Day weekend that's coming, uh, school schedules that are approaching. Even here at Emmaus, we've talked about the fall kickoff that's coming on September 11th, uh, Sunday school classes, all the, all the things that go on even here at church that are busy, so busy. This week I was speaking with a high school student who's a member of this congregation. He's, he's starting a new school, at a new school, and, and, and for him, and, and like many of us, there's anxiety with these kinds of things. Perhaps now is as good a time as ever to stop. Take a breath and ask yourself, why is it that you're here? Why are you spending your precious time in this season here? You might say the right answers. <laughs> to hear the word of God to worship him together with the church and music, to have coffee and fellowship and all the good things. You might have some answers that are not as good. You might say something like to critique the, the message giver or, or to criticize him. <laughs> I'm confident that's not the reason you're here today. <laughs> I had to ask myself this question since I'm asking it of you. And to be honest with you, it took a second to come up with something, with an answer that's better than saying, well, I'm here because I have to preach this morning. <laughs> and someone's got to do it, right? When I stopped and thought about it, you know, I realized our, our answers might come out a little different, but they should all have something to do with Jesus. Why are you here? I hope you're here, and I'm confident that you're here because of Jesus. The message today is titled, Just Jesus. We're going to look at a very familiar passage out of John chapter 14. You know these words well. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So why is Jesus such a big deal? That's what we're going to be talking about, and that answer is right here in our text this morning. So I'll give you a moment to open up, and we'll read it together. It's John 14. It's going to be just the first six verses, a short passage, but so, so much to consider in this passage. So John 14, the first six verses, says this. Now this is Jesus speaking. He says, "'Let not your hearts be troubled.'" Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. 
And you know where to where I am going, the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's so much in that passage, it's unbelievable. The first thing I want us to notice this morning is that Jesus calls us to faith in himself. We're called to faith in Jesus. So Jesus, in, in the beginning here, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus recognized who he was speaking to. He's speaking to a bunch of Jews, right? A bunch of people who grew up as Jews. His hearers, Peter, James, John, Thomas, they knew well what Deuteronomy 6 says, the great Shema. This was impressed upon them from the time they were children. They knew these words, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These people that Jesus is speaking to, uh, they knew, they knew that God is one. And Jesus says, you believe in God, believe also in me. Now, is it enough, and I'm asking this to you, is it enough to simply believe that God exists? That's an important question. So about a year or so ago, I had a, an interesting conversation uh, with a family friend on this. My parents, uh, they live down in Illinois. They have, uh, they have kind of a shop in the back of their property. So if you can envision like an auto shop, right, with a car lift and everything. Uh, in this shop, they have get-togethers. They meet together with friends, and uh, it's always enjoyable to, to get to visit there. And about a year ago, I had this conversation with a friend. In our conversation, I could tell he was a little nervous because he, he nervously approached me and asked how school was going, how seminary classes were, right? <laughs> Since us pastor types are real scary, you know, <laughs> he was maybe a little tentative. So he, he asked me how school was going. I said, good and great. And, and, and he said something that, that oh, struck me. He said that he was Unitarian and that it didn't really matter what we believe as long as we believe that God exists. My heart dropped. I didn't want to have to push back on that. I just appreciated that we were having the conversation in the first place. Time and place, time and place, time and place. But by the grace of God, it was a good conversation. It went well. I was able to share Christ with him. But, but the point is this. There's a lot of people that believe it's just enough to believe that there's a God. But is it simply enough to believe that God exists? And, and the answer is quite clearly no. As we look at Scripture, remember what James says? That James that wrote the letter in, in the Bible, this is very likely Jesus' own half-brother, James. James says, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Even the demons know there's a God and that he exists. 
the Pharisees of Jesus' day, the people that he was always butting heads with, they had no problem believing that God exists. Just think of how often they accused Jesus of blasphemy. Yet here in our passage, the first verse, Jesus says, believe in God, believe also in me. Yes, Jesus is claiming divinity here. Well, maybe you might hear people say, oh, well, the Bible, the Bible doesn't actually say Jesus is God. <laughs> really? Have you ever heard that? Have you? I've heard it all the, many times. Hear what uh, Jesus says about this just a few verses later, verses 7 to 10 in chapter 14. Jesus says, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I, been, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Jesus is God. Make no mistake about it. You cannot miss that from, from Scripture as a whole, but especially this passage. Like the Pharisees of Jesus' day, Judaism says, no, Jesus is not God. Islam says, no, Jesus is only a prophet. Mormonism says, no, Jesus is not of the same essence of the, as the Father. But Jesus here in our passage says, believe in God, believe also in me. You are called to faith in Christ. This morning, we, in the first service, we, uh, we shared the words of the Nicene Creed together. And I'm avoiding the temptation to come off as, you know, somebody fresh out of seminary, so forgive me. But the Nicene Creed is so important and so rich and has so much good truth that the early Christians wanted the future generations to know. That's us. They wanted us to know that Jesus is God of God, true God, very God, a very God. We have these, these creeds and these expressions so that we know what Scripture says, the truth, that there is no mistaking that Jesus is God and you are called to faith in him. As he says, believe also in me. And so Jesus again here is claiming divinity. We should never lose sight of that. We should never lose sight of it. Um, as, we, as we think about the mystery of the three-in-one triune God, you should know that completely understanding the Trinity is not necessary for salvation. If, we had to, if it was up to us to completely understand how three-in-one worked, none of us would be able to wrap our heads around it, and none of us would have any hope, okay? So know that. Jesus calls you to faith in him. Second point this morning is Jesus is your only way to God. Okay, so you're called to faith. Jesus is your only way to God. Oftentimes, in sermon preparation, we're constantly asking ourselves, why is it that you care? What is it about the Word of God here that you, the listener, need to hear? Jesus makes it pretty easy in the verses that follow. We're always asking the question, how is this for you? Here, verses 2, 3, and 4 again. Jesus, speaking about our eternal destiny, says this, In my Father's house, 
there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to, put pre- to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Jesus is your way to the Father's house. He is your way to heaven. Again, did you, did you hear how many times he said for you in that passage? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. Jesus is and is and will continue to be your only way to heaven. So again, thinking about how to relate this, this message to, to you in, in August 21st, 2022, how is Jesus the way? You can't plug him into your phone to get to heaven. You can't drive your way to heaven. And me being who I am, I, I couldn't help it. I, I took my phone and went to Google Maps and I typed in heaven. <laughs> I got some really interesting results. Someone in the first se- service said, did you get Iowa? <laughs> I said, no, definitely not. And it's not Illinois either. Uh, but I got some really interesting results. Uh, <laughs> I found some really tasty restaurants that sound really good that I want to try, and also some super charismatic churches that, <laughs> yeah, maybe won't try. <laughs> the way to heaven isn't like plugging uh, an address into maps, okay? You're not going to see three routes. There's no shortcuts. You know how you see multiple routes? when you punch in an address? No, no, no. There's only one way to heaven. The path to heaven is like a one-way street. And uh, just curious, again, me being who I am, how many of you, just out of curiosity, have driven the wrong way on a one-way street? There is a lot of hands in this room, and I, my hand is up also. Why is Jesus the only way? Well, to answer this, We need to understand our problem. We need to understand that our problem is death. Death. How do we figure out how to not die, how to go from death to life? Well, it goes all the way back to the garden, right? God said, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will die. And so they ate, and so they died. And so we too, because of our sins, we have a day. We will die. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one has turned, everyone, to his own way. So if sin and death is the problem, what's the solution? Is it our way or is it another way? It had to be someone without sin who could die in our place. It had to be someone who could rise again to life in victory over the grave. Do you know anyone that fits that description? It had to be Jesus because only Jesus could do this. Jesus is a big deal. Now, (laughs) 
I'm going to share about a, a scene from a popular movie. I've got family here. I know my mom's going to appreciate this, this clip. Uh, who's seen Forrest Gump? That should be, come on, if you haven't seen it by now, come on, people. It's a fictional movie loosely based on, on true events, but there's this character in this movie. His name's Lieutenant Dan, okay? He came from a long line of service members who had died in U.S. wars, okay? His family, people had died, and so he uh, was prepared to lose his own life in Vietnam. He is, uh, but as he is on the battlefield about to lose his life, he's rescued by the main character of the movie, Forrest Gump. Lieutenant Dan eventually loses his legs and, and he spends the rest of his years dealing with a crisis of, of believing that he should be dead, but, but now he's alive. So there's this scene in this movie where, where uh, Lieutenant Dan and Forrest are sitting in Lieutenant Dan's dingy, dark apartment. And, and Forrest is visiting him for the holidays and, and on the TV... The, the, there's a choir that's singing a Christmas song. And upon seeing that, Lieutenant Dan says to Forrest, he asks this question. He says, have you found Jesus yet, Gump? Forrest replies, I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for him, sir. Lieutenant Dan laughs and takes a big swig from a bottle and throws it to the floor. <laughs> then he says, that's all these people down at the VA ever talk about. Is Jesus this and Jesus that? Have I found Jesus yet? As he is frantically scrounging around for another bottle. As he finishes his tirade, Forrest looks at him and very softly says, well, I'm going to be in heaven, Lieutenant Dan. Taken back by this, Lieutenant Dan says, oh, well, before you go, why don't you go down to the corner and get another bottle? So maybe there's a Lieutenant Dan here today. Maybe there's somebody who's hard against the Lord or doesn't understand why it's always Jesus this and Jesus that. It's always got to be about Jesus with you people. Whether that's you or not, I hope you understand this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the only way from death to life. Jesus is the only solution to our problem, namely the problem of death. <laughs> so why do we make a big deal about Jesus? Because he's all we got. He's our only hope. Only Jesus can save us, just Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other way. This is our final point today in the message. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way. Well, okay, you might say, well, yeah, that, sure, that's, you know, Jesus is important. He, he showed us the way or he knew the way. I once had a Buddhist tell me he found the way. But isn't what you're saying exclusive of other faiths? Aren't you Christians out there, aren't you being disrespectful to others? 
who don't believe as you do? Isn't it arrogant for you, Christian, to think you know what's right? Well, I got to tell you, look at what Jesus said. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you got a problem with that, take that up with Jesus. I know you probably recognize this, friends, that there's a tidal wave of universalism in our culture that is constantly bombarding us and telling us that if you don't accept everything, you're a bigot, you're a hater. It is all of a sudden hatred to disagree with someone's worldview. I know you've seen those bumper stickers that say coexist on them with all the opposing symbols of, yeah, you've seen them. Again, me being who I am, I've seen those contradict ones, and I really like the contradict. Have you seen that one? It's got, it says, it's got all the symbols, and then it's got a big cross for the T at the end. It says, there is no other way. No one comes to the Father except through me, and I'm, I have been half-tempted to, to get one, but maybe wisdom prevailed. I don't know. But we need to be aware, for example, that... Christianity isn't compatible with Islam because Jesus can't be God, fully God, and not fully God. He's one or the other. Christianity isn't compatible with Mormonism because Jesus can't be God and not God. Acts 4.12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. These beliefs are in direct opposition What I'm trying to tell you is that Jesus is the only way because he said he's the only way. Listen to what he says in Matthew 7. The gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. But the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Many are going to try to get there on their own goodness, on their own ideas of what is necessary to live. Many are going to try to justify themselves on the basis of whatever they imagine a life well-lived to be. But I got to tell you, according to Scripture and the Word of God, the only way is faith and faith in Christ alone. That is the only way from death to life. So understand that, yes, Christian, you believe in something exclusive, namely the way of salvation. There is only one way, that's Jesus. But Christianity isn't exclusive in terms of who may be saved. Christ died for all. And I can confidently say that because of that, he has died also for you. There's another verse a well-known verse that also comes from John chapter 3, verse 16. I, I just want to invite you to say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Friends, Christ died for you. His death and resurrection on your, on your behalf is the only way. Faith in him and not your own works is the only way. Make no mistake about it, his death is for you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
There's no other way except for him. At the beginning of the message, I asked you, I said, why are you here today? And I'm sure there were a number of different thoughts that went through your head. Again, I hope that answer for you is Jesus. I recognize for myself that there's only a few opportunities that I'm going to have to be up here, to preach, to share the Word of God with you while I'm here. It's hard to believe this is the third time already. But I hope that what you remember about my time with you is not the VBS Professor Sparks thing, <laughs> not my illustrations of Pastor Kevin. I hope that what you remember from what I shared with you is Jesus. And I hope to take the same from you as we point one another to Christ and Christ alone. So as we pray and go to the Lord together, I hope that it's always your response to say, Jesus, just Jesus. Lord God, you are good, you are kind, you are compassionate, you are merciful to us. Lord, you are the only way. I pray that even now in this time, each and every one here would know who you are and what you've done for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.